Yeah. Um, nice podcast, dumbass. Hottest 100s and thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we normally talk about the songs that are deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again, Andrew McDonald. Hello. Nathan Harrison. Yes, hi. And Adam Buncher. Hello, David. Very glad that you remembered what podcast this was straight away. Yeah, this time. look, yeah, I'm back in the you rhythm know, now, you know. David like, has other podcasts. Uh, sometimes <laughs> Keeps trying to shove our faces in <laughs> It's a free country man You can have another podcast too if you want one I only have, I only have eyes for you Oh man listener. No not <laughs> talking to the listener mm. Some of the listeners might also listen to my other podcasts I hope they do That's, that's I mean that's fine free love you know Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Go listen to All my friends are in bar bands The big show show Listen to those as well Five stars <laughs> They're really good <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like I trained you Like you're both saying it And I'm like mouthing along with you With the cue cards <laughs> Welcome back to part two of our super request episode Where we are going through a bunch of requests By people who have left us some five star reviews The catch is the song that they request Has to come from between 1998 and 2011, i.e. the years that Super Request was on the air as a program on a Triple J. This is probably the closest we're going to come to cash for comment. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. If, if someone wants to offer us money, I think we could come a lot closer to cash for comment. But they have to start that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that does not seem likely. How easy would it be? To sell out. Oh my god. Well, no, I mean very hard because no one was offering money. money. I'll, I'll tell you how <laughs> easy it would be as easy as getting a subscription to Audible. Uh, <laughs> I'm just interested for any, you know, on behalf of any terrible bands out there, what the cost is. You know, oh, a, a, a no, city band that- who haven't done anything wrong, but their their music stinks. <laughs> and it's real them. bad. Yeah. Well. And they want us to say that their album is good. Yeah. And, no, or, yeah. I don't think we can do that because that would undermine the entire authenticity. Of the of the of the, po- the product. What I'm saying making. is how much to undermine yeah. the authenticity. Well, I don't of think we can. I, I don't think we can. Hmm. I think it, we we purely right, have to. Okay, well, Nathan and I have some <laughs> interesting votes for the remix episodes coming <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, okay. Let 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 let's just go with this hypothetical. Sydney band uh, haven't done anything wrong, but their music isn't particularly good. Let's call them. I don't know. AMDs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, see, but they're quite... I mean, I want a fair bit of money from AMDs. Yeah. Just a from lot of hypothetically, AM. it sounds uh, yeah. like they're doing quite well. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I want some AUDs. Because they were just at the AFL. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what you call money, AUDs. The AUDs. I'm like, this is a nice shirt. How many AUDs was it? <laughs> Our first request comes from David. No, not that David. Thank you. (laughs) Was that right? He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. And yet, here we are. Uh, And he... (laughs) When you're quite ready. 
He wanted us to talk about Night and Fog by Mercury Rev. But we only do one song. <laughs> should, we, should we start again? <laughs> if God moves across the water, then the girl moves in other ways. And I'm losing sight of either night and fog are my days I wanted only to be gentle but I gave her jealousy and rage who knows exactly what I'm after night and fog are my days wise men want faith Mercury Rev with Night and Fog. Uh, that was requested by David. Uh, so thank you to other David for uh, leaving us a five star and picking out this track. Andrew. David. Yay, Hello. there we go. You're a Rev head, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. the first two Mercury Rev records, um, Yourself is Steam and Boches, are uh, two of my absolute favourite Named um, after the 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 game with the with the metal balls. I'm not sure. It's it's spelt B O C E S. Maybe it's Boses, but that doesn't sound right to me. Oh no, I like it way more if it's like it's the old Boches. Italian man game. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The they one. were just yeah. at a picnic one day and they were like, "This is it." Yeah. Just really fixated. <laughs> we on fucking game. nailed it. Yeah. It's that, and then the other thing is uh, playing the giant chess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude! Big on for the Wollongong heads. Yes, I've, told, I've, I've said this shit, before, dude. but I like I'm going to lean into dude, that part of to. my identity oh, yeah, no, really hard. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also talking to barbers, and like being like ag- really aggressive with them, and and, mm. be, and and insulting, but they're actually my friend. But yeah, yeah, fully, and also dying yeah. soon. Want to lean into that? Uh, or... no. <laughs> don't know about that one. <laughs> well, um, you will. <laughs> well, I'll do the gold chain. Um, but yeah, because yeah. you got the Italian ancestry as well. Well, that's, well, that's the those... only reason why I'm suggesting yeah. this, Andrew. It would be I'm... very on the nose to become an old Italian man if I was not actually first a younger Italian man. kind of Italian. Yeah. Well, we'll see when I do it how racist it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I need someone to play giant chess with. Yeah, yeah, fully. And Don't I'll we be, all? I'll be like, Rook to Queen of Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, you can just it, move it yourself. You don't, to, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, but that's the that's a polite thing to do in chess is to announce the move. We well, but the, okay. I, I have a lot to yeah, learn. I, I, don't think lot very, to I don't think you're very good at big chess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mercury Rev, yeah, their first two records, very different from the band they became. Um, their first record in particular, Yourself is Steam. I go back to that quite a bit. I love that record very, very much. It's kind yeah. of in the noise rock, shoegaze, bit psychedelic kind of thing. Yeah. A band that they're often compared to um, and actually have a similar trajectory in their changing styles, of course, The Flaming Lips. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, their really early stuff, which was compiled on a compilation, which I think sums up their earlier material sound, which is um, finally the punks have started taking acid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is kind yeah, of, yeah. I guess, an, a good way to summarise their sound in general to a certain degree. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but yeah, Mercury Rev in a similar way as well. This track, Night and Fog, was new to me and I want to thank David for bringing it to my attention because 
this definitely does have shades of foaming lips in the aesthetic kind of thing like that. But it's a fucking lovely goddamn like there's some dream pop stuff going on in here, some like chamber rock stuff, definitely some psychedelic rock. Yeah. It, it's all really so fucking pretty. Because I remember reading somewhere that after the first two records, Mercury have abandoned the noise rock shoegaze sound, which is why I was invested in those records. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going to check out the rest of Mercury Rev. And now I feel like a fucking idiot because I really like those first two records. And if they sound like this in like 2001, then I would like their stuff as well. Like this, I think this was a very gorgeous, this scratched the same itch that Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robot scratches totally. for me. Yeah, Precisely. Yeah, yeah. It, it is the same invitation to regress a little bit, but not be childish, but to experience a kind of childlike joy at what's going on it's mm. just like the there's it's just colorful and there's a and there's a kind of sincerity but there's also something about the emotional landscape that hits me in this song and also hits me in the flaming lips where it's like somewhat mediated you don't feel it directly mm. it's almost as if you're remembering what it is to feel an emotion rather than actually feeling it but it's it's so bright and technicolor and even the way that's reflected in the lyrics right it's it's storybook yeah it's like you know Big time. The captain needs water or whatever. The spider needs corners and... Baby needs milky. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I knew it was coming back. Yeah. In, in some way, baby want milky is the family guy of bits. In the sense that it is always coming back and part of us in the podcast are super stoked on it and someone is not stoked on it at all. <laughs> it's a divisive bit. <laughs> It's a divisive show. Also true. Yeah, very true. Very true. I think Seth MacFarlane could do a good Baby Wants Milky thing. Well, Let's well, punch yeah, this up. Yeah, because Stewie's a baby. <laughs> yeah, he is a baby. He'd be like, damn you, vile woman. Baby want Milky. <laughs> Perfect, Andrew. Yeah, thanks, yeah. 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 Worth, worth the worth the, worth the wait, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're going to do some bonus content for a five-star with your Stewie impression I don't think well. my Stewie impression is that good. Uh, well, I'd like your Robin what's, Williams, what's, what's which was flawless. Peter, how does Peter do it? Oh, hey, Lois. Oh Baby one milky. <laughs> it was. Yes. Wow. Yeah, now we're talking. Oh. <laughs> I've, just crossed the, I've just crossed the picket line on that bit. I was on the middle, but I'm, I'm now anti that. <laughs> if you give us a five-star review, we'll stop letting those bits go into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit them out. <laughs> had anybody else heard, had any heard this song before? No. Nope. Right, so... My uh, relationship with Mercury Rev starts on the record after this. The track, in a funny way, gets played a lot on Triple J, circa 2005. It's also played a lot on Rage. I remember that, and I remember the song Holes as well getting played a lot. I had no idea about their history uh, until a little bit later on. Um, They came out to Australia in 2009, opening for Coldplay. Uh, actually, on huh. the Viva La Vida tour, I started working my way back. And, like, this was, like, the early starts of Wikipedia. That's literally what I used to do when Wikipedia first started. I'd, like, type in different bands that I could think of. But, yeah, no, like, I remember uh, going on to Mercury Rev's Wikipedia page and I'm just like, oh, well, this is obviously their debut album. Oh no, they formed a year after you were born, my dude. And I'm just like, all right, well let's find let's find out more, shall we? They're a fascinating band and like yeah, I, I love this kind of very shimmery indie rock. Like mm. yeah, psychedelic kind of similar production style to the flips as well, care of uh, the incredible Dave Fridman, um, mm-hmm. who's a great, great mm. producer. Um, just really uh like 
cushions the band and gets them in that comfort zone, you know, like the ringing out acoustic guitars and the reverb on the vocals and that sort of strings. stuff. Strings. The strings are the oh, giveaway. the strings are just uh, it's gorgeous. very, very yeah. flippy strings. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love all that stuff. This is kind of giving me the impetus to be like, yeah, I should go back and properly do... Like you know, when you get into a a, a band, like sometimes mm. sometimes it it seems obvious, but you'll miss the one record directly before you got into them. It's such an interesting one as well, right? Because like it becomes harder to like that other album sometimes because it's just not the one that you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and even just like a lot of the time, I find like the the album that I get into a band through because that's the first time I've experienced the thing that they do even that will be the album that I connect the most with even even yeah. if other albums are much better or whatever I think that's where the live environment is really great like you you go and see a band touring off the back of like what that one that one album that you love and then all of a sudden you're hearing all these other songs and it's kind of like for me I, I get a, a sense of palpable relief I go like oh their other stuff is good yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to go check that out although you know sometimes there's a there's a tell in there as well if you go and see a band and they're only touring they've got like five albums under their belt but they're only playing the new stuff you're like huh. okay I'm I'm right I'm correct <laughs> it is it is only this one I like this song yeah, it's lovely, like it's beautiful tones. But yeah, I didn't know this song. This is really, really The way lovely. that this song blooms into the chorus, or if you can even call it the chorus or whatever, like is truly a singular kind of moment. It belongs to this song and I can't really think of any other any other songs that kind of do it quite like that. And the way that that, that amazing bass riff kind of returns there as the payoff for that, that kind of small explosion outwards, like... That really, really got me when I was listening to this track. Like, yeah, so cool. Like the "You Want It All" bit. Like, yeah, man, so good. Do you guys know the um, comedian Todd Barry? He has a bit that because this record uh, in the US release, its release date was in the year two thousand and one on the day we can't forget, September eleven. Oh wow! Um, and really, this yeah, album? Wow! Yeah, it was its release date, and comedian right. Todd Barry was walking through Manhattan. Um, lives in Manhattan, and when the towers were there, like in the crowd, um, a friend of his noticed him and said, "The new Mercury Rev album's out." <laughs> Wait, like after? Yeah, du- during the chaos. What? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I, really struggling to <laughs> yeah. like. They weren't near the Ground Zero or anything like that. No, but, but his room was like, he's like, was like, oh, Tom, the new Mercury Rev album came out today. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. That was the top astoundingly news. good bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great bit, and that was like that's on one of Todd Berry's record, just stand up routines, but yeah. like amazing. There's a handful of records that actually did come out on September 11th. Yeah, it must have been a release day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Jay Z's uh, the Blueprint, Blueprint, Mink Car by They Might Be Giants, and. Tellingly, Bleed American by Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, that's that, that, right. that changed that. Which obviously. then, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had to change it to a self-titled record, and the title track uh, Bleed American became known as Salt Sweat Sugar. You can't get any less lucky than Dream Theater. Oh, oh yeah. shit! Who, yeah, who on on nine eleven two thousand and one released a record, live scenes from New York, the album cover of which is the New York skyline on fire. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. It was also Ben Lee's twenty first birthday. <laughs> Was it really? Yes, it was. Really? Hmm. It was born September 11, 1980. Oh, yeah, boy. This song, fucking beautiful. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah, really beautiful. And thankfully, things are all fine in New York now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe by the time the episode comes out. Maybe. 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 <laughs> we hope. We hope. Yeah. yeah. 
you give us a five star, things will yeah, be <laughs> things will be fine. Five star. Yeah. <laughs> Our next request comes from Phil. He has picked Spoon's track "Got Nothing." Spoon from their 2010 album Transference. This is our first time talking about the band Spoon, uh, who never, despite having a few key radio uh, slash Triple J hits, mm-hmm. never make it into a hottest 100. But they have several songs that have stood the test of time as some of the most beloved indie rock numbers, particularly of the 2000s songs like The Way We Get By and The Underdog and You Got Your Cherry Bomb, I Turn My Camera On, uh, a bunch of just fucking great songs from a band that may have been making consistently good records for almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Like, it is very rare to say that. These guys are in their late 40s, early 50s and are still making excellent music to this day. Their last record, Hot Thoughts, which oh. came out in 2017, was a it's fantastic unreal. album. One before that, They uh, Want My Soul? Yeah, They Want oh. My Soul is a great record. In the midst of that, in 2010, they make a record called Transference. One of my favorite music YouTubers, Mike the Snare, did a great analysis of this record, uh, kind of looking at it as kind of the band disassembling themselves and kind of restructuring uh, their uh, approach to music and I guess their approach to songwriting and the way that they would experiment. It's a really challenging record in, in terms of what they were doing. There aren't like big, obvious like indie crossover hits and they don't particularly go back and play a lot of these songs live either. So uh, I was really curious going back and, and listening Listening to a track from this record in particular, I I love this track. It's got just a really solid kind of rumble to it. It's kind of got like a mid seventies Stones kind of vibe in a way, like with that mm. with that rock and guitar and you mm-hmm. know just the kind of throwaway nature of the vocals and that sort of stuff. I think that stuff is really 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 cool. Brit's vocals are really solid in this. The drummer, Jim Eno, is just, just a powerhouse. I, I wanted to quickly pull from the email that, that Phil sent us. Oh, cool. He justified this by saying, Spoon is a band uh, which you won't get a chance to talk about at any stage. They've never made a countdown. It surprises me a bit, but they've never been mainstays on Triple J. I'd be interested in your take on this song, which is one of my personal favorites and on Spoon in general. Mm. Even amongst my friends, they're not everyone 
Dawson's cup of tea. He also says, I've always loved Transference, partly because it was the first Spoon album I owned, but also because it's such an interesting and raw sounding album. It's probably my second favorite Spoon album after They Want My Soul. I think my favorite Spoon record is probably Gimme Fiction, uh, which came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. That's the record where I've really properly get into Spoon. So it's a real like forget not your first love kind Mm. of thing. the, the yeah. best thing about Spoon, as as I see it, or one of the best things about Spoon... I think we're on the same vibe here, is that there's no wrong answer for favourite album. And not only that, but like a larger power rankings of Spoon albums. Right? Yeah. As an intro into this, Metacritic gave Spoon an official award for being the most consistent band... Of the 2000s because oh. of the because of the way that they were so oh critically God. acclaimed. Can you, you imagine the fucking drink you'd have after that? Yeah. Fucking hell. That, that's like, what a kingship move. But Spoon, Spoon are totally that. And it's like most of the times when, you know, you ask for someone's power rankings of, say, Radiohead, you know mm. roughly where certain albums in the discography are yeah, going to yeah, fall. Yeah, 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 and yeah. someone may come in and surprise you because of, you know, like uh, a particular resonance that they have to something else or, or whatever. But like with Spoon, you get wildly varied rankings in their discography and it's justified so entirely because like they're just solid and they're really like a bridging point between old indie and new Mm. as i see it like you hear pavement in them but you also hear a bunch of like the the more folky kind of stuff that was going to come through in the mid-2000s as well so they're they're kind of like the bridge between worlds and they're just so cool Spooner just yeah, like, you, thing, like, you very feel cool. super cool and they and they're also just like there's nothing mean about Spoon you know what I mean like mm. a st- this song is is really like it kind of is is great because it makes optimism seem badass like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I got nothing to lose but darkness and shadows and emptiness and hang-ups it's this is the song where it's like yeah you've you've made a decision to you know Start eating right and, and working out and being nicer to people and like dealing with your shit, but you still want to be badass about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the only spoon record I've heard in full is actually um, Ga 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 or whatever. Ga 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 Ga. Yeah, it's right. five Gars. Five. Too right. many Gars. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the only what album are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, that's the only spoon record I've heard and I think it fucking slaps. Yeah. But I just haven't. For whatever reason, I haven't bothered to explore the discog, which is weird because whenever I have heard a spoon track and they've sounded different at times and they've sounded same at times, it's always been good though. And it's always spoon. Yeah, it's always that's the thing. It reminds me of that great. There's a quote from um, the British DJ John Peel mm. when when John Peel um, his favorite band of all time is The Fall, and he said um, The Fall are always different, always the same. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. a similar thing could be said about Spoon from the amount of Spoon that I've heard, which, again, is not a huge amount. Spoonful. They do, yeah. Um, they yeah. certainly have different shades of what they do, but you, but they all sound like Spoon songs. Yeah. 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 And um, I, th- I think Brit does a lot. Yeah, yeah, Because totally. his voice is unlike anyone else's, and his persona musically is it carries a lot of, of the rest of the band and it really cements it's it. Being really cool. That's just so, that's it. Just so cool. There's a little yeah. like yelp at the start, like a, yeah. like a few lines. That's so good. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the same. I've only listened to like, I guess the recent couple of Spoon albums. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I kind of found Spoon on, on Soul. Um, I oh, think I was yeah, doing sure. FBI at the time and like Do oh. You was like obviously oh, very- oh, what a great oh, song. Very yeah. high rotate, you know, yeah. like beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. Um, Inside Out off that record too. Yeah, yeah. Song. But so listening to this, I'm like, oh, it's still Spoon, but it's so different. And like, there's a roughness to some parts that they don't mm. play with as much anymore. That Yelp is amazing. Yeah. And then just the kind of, 
garagey jam that the song extends into and abruptly stops. Like it really sounds like something that's just going to kind of go for a while and maybe get a bit swirly and fade out or whatever, but they just kind of like pull the plug on it so early and ah, it's great. This song yeah. is a straight road. It's a, it's a straight road with a high speed limit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cause and like, you're right, David, there is so much of that, like kind of 70 stones feel, right? It's, mm. it, it, it feels kind of like thrashy, but also has vibes of contemporary uh, post-punk revival and some of the groove that's going on there. Like there's a yeah, lot to yeah, enjoy yeah. about this fucking tune. It's, and it is, is a little bit, like I say, the Spoon aren't, aren't really mean, but there's more snarl here than there's usual for Spoon. Yeah, it, it, it feels you know? like fucking leather pants, rock and roll kind of shit, you know? Yeah, a little like, bit, a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, Brit's too cool for that. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's just... Naturally. He's just so cool. Mm. He's um, a Spoonman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Our next request comes from Dave, uh, so a, a different to David, and who is again different to me. Just, just to clarify, okay, I'm not, I'm not pushing my own agenda here. <laughs> Please last to my podcast. podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I push my agenda on those other podcasts. <laughs> this is by an artist called This Is Me Smiling, and the song is called Mixing Up Adjectives. Not trying to sound smarter. This is me smiling with the track Mixing Up Adjectives. I'm going to pull a Nathan and say I've never heard this song before. Uh, so I'm curious as to uh, what you have discovered uh, through your listening of this track. Yeah, the same. This is completely new to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I'd heard of the band yeah, neither. before. Yeah. This comes from a punkarama. Which we uh, spoke about yeah. last week. Which we, we did mention last time Huge as well. Huge pop. Might follow your lead here and just start mention what Dave wrote. Um, he said that uh, he discovered this song 15 years ago on Punkarama 10 um, and then found their debut self-titled album in a JB Hi-Fi bargain bin a few oh, years later. I love those finds. Um, yeah. That's and, classic. And it became a favourite a favorite listen. Um, but yeah, as, as I, you can probably kind of infer, like This Is Me Smiling never reached the heights of, of similar bands. Because stylistically, like, there's a lot of mm. other acts you can draw to. Yeah. Um, they, they mention, they also don't have much internet presence. There's no wiki. There's, like, very this, little going on. So this is wild. Their previous band's domain is up for sale. Oh, great. <gasps> the, they didn't pay their GoDaddy hosting fees. <laughs> like, well, you know, Smiling Music was listed on their on their MySpace. I think it's one of the only places you can find info on them huh. anymore. Um, that was listed as their, as their website, but you right. go to and it's a for sale d- yeah. domain name. So Smiling Music, it's available. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. 
Um, they, they do mention they like Ben Folds, and I really hear yeah. that in the oh, lyrics. I was gonna say, yeah, that's a, that's a real like, uh, especially Ben Folds Five. Like, yeah, on this track, big time. It's fun. It's like yeah. it's clever and 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 boppy, and it, it's got that kind of like indie pop vibe. But I can also see why it. I mean, I don't know who they were connected with or whatever that they were on. Punkarama, but I, mm. I can see them sort of being connected to that scene as well. That track's so hard for me that they're on Punkarama 10. By that point, Brett was certainly, like, Epitaph was no longer the exclusively kind of hardcore punk label it was. Yeah. Like, these days he has alternative rock bands on there, he has pop punk bands on there, he's got the Weaker Thans on there, who are just a folk band. He does a lot of shit, and this makes so much sense to be, like, a band that would play at, like, 3pm on the Warped Tour. That kind of, like, I, I feel like listening to this, I can see myself at the time thinking that they might dude fully that, like this is the kind of band that made it big all yeah, the time well, in the early 2000s 2005 right and i immediately looked at that and i go like oh yeah fallout boy in my chemical romance and i did a little thought experiment listening to this track being like if it was gerard way singing it and if the production oh. was just a little bit different it's pretty much a my chem song mm. pop punk at this time was at the furthest extent of theatricality, yeah. thanks to the emo scene, and, and specifically the mainstream emo scene propagated mostly by my cam, if, if we're honest. Like, when Three Cheers hit, all bets were off in terms of, like, how far you could push that. Yeah. And I think this is just fitting into that scene really, really nicely. And I think it's a really great song, and it deserves to fit into that scene. And there must have been something else in that story, or maybe it's just simply a case that, you know, not all bands in a scene can get to that level um, that we don't... Now we have to examine, you know, the fossil records and put This Is Me Smiling together. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I've overused that (laughs) metaphor (laughs) over the last couple of episodes. Look, it's fine. So at the same time that I can see why they became popular with this sound, I can also see how maybe that sound didn't sustain them because they just simply could never have been as big... Mm. As as those other more monolithic bands that were defining the culture and and the genres at that time. Well, also I think um, the fact that this was on a punkarama. Do you think perhaps the band were too emo and poppy for the punk community, and I didn't blow up in that way? And that was maybe where they were, if, if, since they were on a punkarama compilation, mm. perhaps that's where they were shooting. And I I straight up have to say I don't know. <clears throat> no, fully, obviously, because yeah. I you know I was a teenager who grew up in Australia who just listened to Mike Hem and Fallout Boy. Um, you know, on on albums and in, in, in recorded sense and panic, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I don't really know about how those scenes operated, whether small or large, uh, inside inside the US. Mm. That's towards the end when there's the keyboard riff. I get real um, Andrew WK vibes as well. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is so much going on in this song. Like, oh, yeah. it's wild, isn't it's it? It's busy. Like, there's a slide guitar solo. Oh, yeah. There are sleigh bells. There's a weird, like, really fast synthesizer solo, and that's just in addition to the to the regular instruments just sounding way big. I can see how you would like really rally around this and I'm glad to hear that the album also became a favourite for Dave as well mm. because I would kind of hate that if, if it didn't support how good this song is. So that's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and I guess, Dave, well, you just got yourself one of those gems, one of those things that not everyone kind of knows about but it's special to you. And I think like great that you're able to share it with us because like I don't know of any other way that I would have been able to Ever. hear this song and know yeah. about this band. Um, that, that's what those hidden gems are good for. They're good for for sharing on that personal one-to-one way that you can't really get them any, any, anywhere else. Mm. Mm. It's a great podcast. It's a really good podcast. It is the great podcast. Mm. Five stars. Five stars. And the great podcast, sorry, it needs your help. 
<laughs> we are still not out of the woods yet. If you search hot in the search bar in, uh, in your podcast app, we are no longer one of the first things that comes up. What is? Do you want to live in that kind of a world? Five stars. That's all it takes. It's all it takes between the future that we want and the present that we have. And if you type in hottest 100 into Google... Um, oh, my God. The first result is not us either. <laughs> that needs to be amended. That's some bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's outrageous. If you type in hundreds and thousands... No, it's not us. Yeah. No. It's ty- in your hands. Yeah. Type in hot, not us either. <laughs> type in, just do the ampersand. Google doesn't yield any results. Yeah. That's a, that's Podcast, a, that's a, that's a, we're yeah. not on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> this so is please. bullshit. <laughs> if only there was some way to optimize the search engine results, but that science is is not here yet. We don't have that yeah, technology. Have that technology. No, we don't. Yeah. No, we do Maybe not. one day, yeah. future generations might be able to optimize they'll search be, engine they'll, they'll, they'll figure out the best way to ask Jeeves any question. Fucking <laughs> yeah. hell. <laughs> <laughs> Our final song of part two comes to us from Joe and he has requested <clears throat> Worsened Helden. Uh, don't worry, I'll do it. I'll do with it. With the song Moosen Nur Woolen. <laughs> Adam just cringing. That it's was right. beautiful. Uh, Rumstein, <laughs> Schnitzel. Uh, uh, no, I got nothing. So what am I actually supposed to be saying? You're supposed to be saying, Wir sind Helden with Moosen Nur Woolen. <laughs> with the song Fru a Fry <laughs> aka Bang Bang coming from the Triple X soundtrack that's a very good song it's a very <laughs> good song I wouldn't song. be mad if people requested that um, but instead you know going straight back to what I was saying before songs that I would have not stumbled upon by myself at all. So Absolutely big thank not. you to Joe for bringing this one to our attention. Visint Helden uh, from Berlin. They were established in 2000 and the translation of the band name is We Are Heroes. And they and they went on to say something about that, uh, talking about how it, more of like an anti-hero kind of thing. They talked a bit about reclaiming the, the, the hero term. It's kind of overused and, um, mm. I, you know. I was going to say it'd be very dicey to... Uh, be a German and say you're going to be an anti-hero and talk about reclaiming things. Well, because <laughs> you know who else said similar things. No, I, well, you the know, guy from Rammstein. You know, yeah. this is yeah. Till Schweiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who actually did say similar things? It was David Bowie, and that's what it's a reference. Yeah, of to course, right? Because well. Bowie, had he's a the, god in Berlin. Yeah, well, he had the. There was the German language version of heroes. Mm. Right, right. Dust heroes. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and this is the. <laughs> That's what you and, want. And this is the guy who was like thanked by representatives of Germany for helping to bring down the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. Bringing the wall down, clutch move. 
Just <laughs> really good IMO. In my humble IMO, bringing the wall down, kick. Yeah. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Go, yep. Yeah. Yep. You, you simp into bringing the wall down. I don't care whose toes I step on. <laughs> I'm not afraid to get controversial. I'm glad the Berlin Wall is down. <laughs> yep. Got a damn Cheeto in the white. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew oh, I, I knew if I just left you, you'd <laughs> keep going. So this is um, the song Musa Nuvolin, the, the title of the song is like, you, you only have to want it. Or we only have to want it. Is like, what it's, it like, it's like the secret. Well, this is kind of it, and it's and uh, this is a band that's kind of famous for for being a little bit, um, you know, socially critical um, and 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 somewhat political, from what I can gather. Um, I don't know whether that's like across the board, but it's certainly something that they have been um, remarked on for this song. It's basically just talking about the idea that's like, you know, oh, you can do anything you want. You just have to, you just have to want it enough. Um, truly, truly wonderful to get to um, grapple with lyrics. That have been translated. Mm. I discovered there's a whole there's a whole website dedicated to you know like because normally you get the the kind of machine translations, which are just no good and and, and weird and great in their own way for just like <sighs> weird language. Um, but I managed to find a translation that was um, from from actually human you know bilingual speakers um, trying to, to to convey the the message as much like a proper translation. Um, and it's cool that those. Kind of things were around. Exist, yeah. I'm not sure how big Wir sind Helden are in Germany. Like I, you know, whether they were like a a powder finger or pulver finger, or <laughs> whether they were more like you know just kind of like super Jesus level or, or or kind of what, or potentially like even bigger than that. I don't know. Man, just from the opening, right? I've had that in my head. It's a bop since last yeah. night, and the chorus is like. Real like it's, it gets you. It's good. Yeah. It gets you, man. It's, it's bot, really man. good. The, the way that, like, particularly in in some of the sections, just like the the syllables and the sounds of the German language in there, really does help the whole thing along. I was really taken aback at how familiar this sounded to a lot of the Australian garage rock stuff and alt rock stuff that we had coming through. Um, in the '90s and early 2000s that we've covered on the podcast already, your Rebecca's Empires, your Low Tells, mm. your um, your things of that kind of nature, like the the way that they kind of were dealing with that sincerity, that kind of like semi jaded, world weary kind of vibe. You would be mad about something if you weren't already exhausted. Is is kind of the emotional landscape of this song. That was a cool thing to notice. I'm not trying to say anything about that necessarily, but it's just kind yeah. of there's there's a universality in that sound. Uh, wherever it originated, that either across the globe or perhaps it's a convergent evolution thing, as you said, Nathan. You know, it's like you give nature long enough, it turns itself into a crab. If you give music <laughs> the right amount of time, you're bound to get this kind of sound, no matter where you start from, as well. Um, well, apparently they are really in- influenced by the uh, New Deutsches Welle, which we've spoken about before. Which I I, I didn't get any notes on because I know that you're well across. There was the um the post punk movement in Germany, right? Um, mainly in Berlin, but between the east and the west. They had this um, new Deutsches Welle or the new German wave. And it was just the post-punk bands that were kind of coming through. And these guys apparently draw some influence from that kind of scene. Mm, um, which okay. is notable to a certain degree, I think, but not like a huge amount. I just mm. feel with this like, this is fucking, it's a bop and it's lovely. Yeah, oh, it's like, yeah. so lovely, right? I fully think this would be a total thing to be on Triple J as well. Because whilst the like song structure is quite straightforward and pop, the fact that it is in German is the fully fucking Triple J thing. Like, oh, how's it, have you heard the weird German song that Triple J are playing at the moment? Yeah, totally yeah. tracks. There's been a couple of instances in uh, like 
Triple J history of them like playing some foreign language stuff and yeah. and that kind of getting over. It hasn't been super common, but like yeah, there's definitely an avenue where it's just like I can see people getting around this. Yeah, you know? like uh, remember Fabian Del Sol got played on Triple J a lot, who is mostly singing in French. Yep. Um, and well, Rammstein, of course. And then there was that other Australian band that sung in German. Uh, oh, um, I was sick Öffnen, not Zick from there. Öffnen. Oh, That's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Thank came you. in at number 100 in 1998. I oh, think. excellent. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, and of course, um, Opa Gangnam Style. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which was played frequently yes. on the Jays. <laughs> um, yeah, like, that was on Unearthed, I think. Yeah, he was short, fast, Leon. I mean, that does describe the song. <laughs> I do listen to a little bit of, of foreign language stuff. It is very like Western on me, but it can be kind of impenetrable. Like, it can be difficult to find an in there. You're really kind of just being sold on the melody, mostly because you don't know what the fuck the actual person is saying. You know, like it takes mm. stuff like for me, like the the self-titled Gourmet record. You know, just the emotion and this in in that. And, you know, the conviction and just the way. It's performed, you know, you can feel the story coming through in songs like that. Claire Lafou, who is, uh, she's Belgian, but she sings in French. Um, and she has this song called Verite, which I found on a TikTok ages ago, and I just fell in love with her stuff. Uh, and Baker Boy, I guess, is a more recent mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. of someone who's like bilingual in the way that they perform and, you know, kind of going back and forth between that in their songs is really, really cool. Like, mm. just seeing him like rapping that like so confidently, killing this flow, and you're just like, fucking yes, dude. It's, it's an interesting thing for, you know, a bunch of fucking English as first language white mm. nerds for us like to, to approach, you know? Mm. It's fucked that it's a novelty in a yeah, way. Yeah. But that's it, right? Like yeah. it, it really makes you reflect on just the, the dominance of of Anglo culture, of, of yeah. the English language culture around the world. Yeah. And that many people in many other countries feel that way about what we would call the biggest songs in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I listen to quite a bit of non-English music. I listen to the Neubau and one of my favourite bands. Like one of my favourite records this year was Japanese rock band Boris's new record. Hey, um, one of my favourites this year was Trico. Um, oh, yeah. From, from Kyoto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, really good stuff. Mm. So I'll be like phonetically kind of half singing along to like these like noise rock or punk rock songs and I was like man I, I, I have no idea what the fuck they're singing about they, they might be singing about something questionable you know am I tacitly whatever you know but I think also another reason why perhaps it's not necessarily something that you go to first I mean aside from it not being front of mind which I really think it is it's that more than anything else and also like you know like I'm not I haven't listened to all the English language songs you know um, yeah, I, I have yeah. <laughs> they're good Check out this shit out. <laughs> but like, I, I think it's harder to share a foreign. Like, I'm very glad that Joe did with us because I very much enjoyed finding this song, and I think the experience I had with it was wonderful. So I'm I'm certainly glad of that. But I think sometimes there is a barrier to to sharing it with someone, and the fact that it doesn't carry that social dimension, which I think is increasingly a very important aspect of music, considering that now, like, we all have access to everything. So the mm. way that we kind of identify ourselves is how we talk about things and what we kind of share mm. and how we put ourselves out there in identities in, in terms of like output as much as input. I, I think foreign language stuff, it becomes a little bit harder because you can't, you can't 100% guarantee the person you're talking to is going to be up for listening to a German language song. For sure. You know, and it might be more work to say like, well, why not? You know what I mean? Like, mm. So, yeah. But this is... Uh, can I read out a couple of my favourite... 
translated lines oh, from this. One of them that I, I really love is like, I'm always forced to do everything I'm capable of. One hand's carrying the world and the other hand's offering drinks. <laughs> I think that's excellent. This, like, this is in the chorus, um, or if it's not, it's in the bridge. Uh, we can achieve anything, like these great trained monkeys. We only have to want it. To say we only have to want it in an image of trained monkeys is actually like really brilliant writing. Also, the word for monkey is affa, which is I really like. Often. 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 Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of part two of the uh, Super Request edition of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so, so much for listening. We love you and we appreciate you. Well, I wouldn't mind a few more five stars. Yeah. 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 And more than that, I think I think this has been really good, getting, uh, getting requests from other people. We may have transitioned dangerously close to being like a YouTube React... <laughs> Pro- project yeah. again and now five stars yeah. I'll do it well, exactly but I, you know like if other people loved hearing these episodes and, and really thought to themselves oh I, I really wish that uh, I had I, more tism yeah <laughs> uh, or I I, had I wonder if I could talk about root as well mm. right because <laughs> we could have look you know I, I just I want to bring up like I could have pretended to be someone else and requested a Tism song. I did well, consider that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, Nathan, is maybe it's not too late. Like, if you, if you, depending on the time you listen to this, but if you listen to this kind of as soon as it comes out, and there you do want to get in on the on the super request action, we'll give you a little treat, a little snack. Yeah. You can wrap your greedy little oh, lips around. Don't what? don't put that in someone's ears. <laughs> what are you doing? Most people listen to this on headphones, <laughs> man. That's <laughs> fucked. I know. That's, I'm, that's I'm, NPR shit. I'm changing my stance on like. Wait, what? what was my stance? <laughs> when I, when, when I, I, I remember saying either listening to the, a podcast on a Bluetooth speaker is either really good or really bad. Yeah. Either, now it's the opposite of that. So just, I'm changing my stance on dot, dot, dot. What was my stance? Andrew McDonald, 2020. <laughs> the Andrew McDonald story. <laughs> the name of your biography. It's the uh, follow-up to my hit novel. Which um, I've already forgotten the name the of. The even well. greater, greater Gatsby. Gatsby. The even greater Gatsby. Yeah, this is the follow up. This is my. This is this is the non-fiction follow up. I reflect on my fame. You try to reflect yeah, on I've, it. <laughs> I've you changed my best. stance. <laughs> what was my stance? But like posing like a thoughtful question. But what was my stance? <laughs> my brilliant career, but it's got a question mark. My brilliant career. <laughs> anyway. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Adam Buncher. Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. I'm sorry, like, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Forget we'll about it, man. Forget, Forget about, about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you.